Welcome to Questions from the Millennial Next Door with Jessica Gray. We talk about some of the lesser discussed questions that come up in your 20s. This is about the things we wonder about late at night, the things that come up when we're done being assertive, confident, and totally cool, and let the quieter, more thoughtful parts of ourselves ask what they want to ask. This is episode one, is following your dreams good career advice? There was a pretty clear message at my college graduation a few years ago, and I hear it echoed in magazines, in television interviews, and on the bookshelves in the career section of every bookstore. The message is that to live a happy life, you should find a career that captures your passion. I'm going to go out on a limb here and admit that, for me at least, trying to follow this advice has caused me more anguish than it probably has happiness at this point. I absolutely, absolutely want to believe this is true. And maybe some part of it is for some people. But as I've implemented this advice over the last few years, I've begun to have other thoughts, dare I say traitorous thoughts, about why this advice might be bad advice. In fact, not just bad advice, but expensive advice, both emotionally and financially. So if some part of you is raising the same quiet little question, Maybe we can think more about this together. One thing that's so impressive about the follow your passion movement is how prevalent it's become. Think about what other kinds of advice we apply so generically after learning so little about the person we're giving advice to. At commencement addresses, highly respected movers and shakers can tell us with 100% conviction and without ever speaking to us about our individual situations that we should all take the same approach to our lives. Really? If we were in any other situation, how much weight would we really give to someone who gave us rubber stamp advice without knowing anything about us? Given how little advice there is in the world that applies so broadly, I think that anything that comes across with this level of universality should be instantly suspect. Not because it's wrong completely, but because it's probably wrong for many of us and isn't taking into account our individual circumstances. And that got me thinking, has it always been this way? As it turns out, before 1970, you would see very little reference to following a passion in literature or media. So one interesting point to consider is that this idea that may feel so true to us and which seems so widespread is actually a very recent change in thinking. The first generation to really grow up feeling this was a widespread belief was probably those born in 1980, which means our first guinea pig group to really evaluate is only 35 years old. They aren't even halfway through their careers, and yet we're all making major life decisions based on a strategy that's now touted as the be-all and end-all. So maybe we should examine what was prevailing advice in other time periods for more inspiration. Just because something feels true to us because it's widely spoken about today doesn't mean it is true or that it is the only truth. The other complaint I have about follow your passion is how silent it is on the complexity of what careers provide us. Think about all the different needs and objectives a career serves. It provides us money to take care of our personal needs, and you want that compensation to be high. It provides social interactions and relationships, which presumably we want to be positive ones. We want to be good at that work to achieve a sense of accomplishment. We want to be recognized for that work, which means we need an environment of people who actively foster recognition. 
We want it to be a geographical fit for our wants and needs, close to family or maybe a city environment if you're young, or maybe a small town where we'd like to raise kids. When we make a job decision, we look at all of these things on a spectrum and we give a little in one category to get a little more in another category. Somehow though, with this advice, the undercurrent is that it's a take no prisoners approach. You must be passionate about this. There is no spectrum. There is no compromise. Why? Why should this be the one attribute that we don't view on a spectrum of compromise amongst other factors that are equally as important to us? This approach reminds me a lot of the idea of the perfect relationship. Some people want a romantic partner to be everything to them, which is a concept I've never agreed with. One person is supposed to be your best friend, be just as intellectual as you, also want to be as active as you in your passion for hiking and ukuleles, have the same sense of humor, support the family financially, and on and on. I prefer the idea that a romantic partner meets many of your most important needs and wants and you fill your life with other relationships that give you other things you need. I can go with a friend to a Kenny Chesney country concert because she shares that same interest rather than expecting the love of my life to also happen to enjoy country music like I do. So why should a career be any different? Shouldn't I decide what sort of career fits most of my needs and wants in the best combination? and then fill my life with other activities to meet other needs? The more I reflect on this, the more I believe that the idea of filling time with passionate hobbies is a winning one, as I think it will be for most of you. Think about the average total waking hours in a week, and you'll realize that if it's about time devotion to a cause, there are more unpaid hours than paid hours in anyone's life. If you're awake 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day, You have 105 waking hours a week. Even if you subtract three hours a day to get ready for the day and to commute and eight hours a day during weekdays to go to a full-time job, that still leaves you 44 hours a week of leisure time. That's more than another full-time job. You could be working on something you're passionate about for more than the hours you're at a full-time job. Now, there are definitely other things you want to do at that time besides work on side projects. But the truth is that for those of us who are pining away for a passion to make us whole, there is probably some amount of that extra 44 hours that can go towards whatever newfound passion we're testing out. And until we find ourselves maxing out all our leisure time working on our passion, and we need just that extra hour to work on being excellent at it, and paid work is interfering with that, I think that the idea that full-time work should be where all passion lives, is just holding us back from getting started. Many of us are nowhere near this real level of trade-off, and we can always try and convert it to a full-time career if and when we do find ourselves at that stage. But we'll be able to do it from a place of certainty, of having spent real time reflecting on the decision and trade-offs, and we will have much more experience to bring to the table in that field when we do. So where does all this leave us? Despite how widespread it seems to us today, follow your passion is only a 45-year-old movement, only a baby when it comes to universal advice, and its first big cohort of adherents aren't even halfway through their careers for us to judge the success of the approach. This advice seems to be universally applied, but there are very few other pieces of advice we force onto people without ever learning about their individual wants, needs, and financial situation. 
And that suggests that this is probably advice that fits a much smaller audience than it is being broadcasted to currently. Historically, the approach that has led to millions of happy, whole human beings has not been follow your passion, which suggests that there are plenty of additional ways to live your life and be a happy, whole human being if follow your passion doesn't float your boat. And you can find inspiration in other cultures and other times to craft something that works better for you. Finally, there are plenty of hours in the week outside of work to test out new passions and interests and determine which really do bring something to our lives. In fact, more than a full-time job's worth of hours are hours to spend on activities that fill our passions. Our full-time job doesn't have to be the only place where our passions live. So follow your passion might be good advice, but it may not be good advice for everyone or even for most. It's okay to go a different way. At the risk of stating the obvious, you can still be a happy whole human being without buying into the follow your passion movement. After several years of trying to fit that mold and finally going a different way, I can tell you that life on the other path is pretty darn sweet. So maybe I'll see you on the road.